Welcome to Broadcast with the Capital BR. I'm your host, Geo, and thank you for clicking that play button. Broadcast is an Apex Legends podcast. It is your number one ultimate source of Apex Legends-related content, from news, deep dives, ALGS coverage, to community-related topics, and apparently interviews as well, because we're getting a ton of them here lately. Uh, and we hope that you will join us on our quest for knowledge and mastery as we explore Apex Legends together. With that said, we'd like to welcome any of our first-time listeners. If you would like to become a part of the broadcast community, please visit our link tree at linktree forward slash br underscore broadcast, where you will find all of our links. So, again, like I said, we're getting all kinds of interviews lately. This episode in particular is a very special episode where we would like to welcome Minute. You may know Minute from his channel on YouTube called Minute Updates, where he produces Apex Legends content. You know, you might know Bennett also from the Ultimate Brother. I don't know. You might. We don't know. <laughs> so, welcome, Bennett. How are you doing, man? Hey, hey, man. Thanks for inviting me on the podcast. Pretty exciting. So, yeah, man. I'm super excited to have you on here. Um, you know, like I said, this was in our actual one of my actual last podcast. I, you know, I named a whole bunch of YouTubers that do Apex Legends content. And, you know, part of be- me being a working dad and all that stuff is I have to get my apex content somewhere to feed these shows. And a lot of times, you know, I'm in a couple of the discord communities with the data miners, but a lot of times it's just watching about two hours of apex legends, YouTube videos, and then saying, okay, well that's interesting. And then talking about it. So, you know, minute updates here is where I get a lot of my stuff. You know, if I, if I go in there and I see he's posted something, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I gotta go watch this immediately. So man, to be able to interview you and talk to you, and just see your success over the last year has been something that's been awesome to see, especially since I started doing content creation in Apex in 2019, you know, seeing somebody else come into content creation and surpass me by 40,000 subscribers was amazing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. It really has been a freaking crazy year, honestly. I never expected it, but yeah, I mean, it's a pretty crazy um, I'm, I'm happy to see that you enjoy the content. That means a lot. That really does mean a lot. Oh yeah, man. I can't thank you enough for what you said to me whenever we first, you know, exchanged emails. So, so, you know, and if anything, I'm super excited about not only what you bring to the table here for apex, but also what we bring. And I'm just glad that we can get two people together that, that like the same game, enjoy making content about it, taking time out of our day to make content and just talking about it a little bit. So with that, let's go ahead and move into the topic rundown here. So the first thing, we've got a couple of show announcements and quick topics. You know, I definitely want to, you know, throw in some of our announcements. The next thing is, here's how the interview is going to go. We're going to have some icebreakers. I need to get the no minute here. We've messaged on Discord, but I don't know. I don't really know the dude. So I need to ask him some questions to figure out who he is. Um, then we're going to find out the why of why he does YouTube or why did he choose to make a YouTube uh, channel on Apex Legends? The next thing we're going to figure out is the how. How does Minute do this? How does he get his information? Uh, maybe what what kind of equipment does he have? I don't know. We'll ask him all the questions in that section. Then we'll talk about Minute Update, specifically the channel that's grown over the last year to be a awesome you know channel full of content, and then also you know grabbing the the hearts of forty thousand people. You know that's not easy to do. You know, you got to have a nice voice for that. And Minute over here has got a nice voice for it. Uh, and then lastly, <laughs> we'll cover our season 12 thoughts. Of course, you know, we all want to know what he's got to say. We want to know what he thinks about Mad Maggie. We want to think, we want to know, you know, what does he think about crypto? 
Are the Olympus changes good? Is the control mode something that should stay? You'll find that out here all on broadcast. So with that, let's go ahead and move into the show announcements. The first thing I want to shout out is make sure to join us on Monday for our normal show. So usually our normal show is on Wednesdays. This time it was actually, we were actually moving our show from Wednesdays to Monday. And that's just mainly because of scheduling conflicts, because we are bringing in Dr. Shrimpley as a full-time host and Monday is his best day. So you'll be able to catch us at 10 p.m. CST on the broadcast Twitch, Twitter, or YouTube, and Facebook. And you can find all those links at BR underscore broadcast, um, the link tree, link tree forward slash BR underscore broadcast is what I meant. Um, and then the last thing is we are still looking for a host to join broadcast. We are wanting to make a host, uh, get three hosts here. And so if you would be interested in doing that, make sure you message me on Discord at geo number four five seven four um and we can talk all about the perks i mean you get to hang out with me i mean look at me yeah, well i guess if you're listening to this in in a video not in video you, you can't look at me but listen to this voice you definitely want to hang out with this voice you right? don't want to so, miss out you don't want to miss yeah, out you definitely don't want to <laughs> miss out guy from kentucky uh you know uh this is what i look like um country country guy so um, you know, definitely if you're interested in doing that, make sure you come message me. We'll get you on the show. We'll put you through some test runs and we'll have some fun there, but that's enough about broadcast and that's enough about me. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into the minute interview here. So, like I said, we've got some icebreakers here, some fun questions about life for minute. So minute, the first question I have is what type of television shows are you into? You know, People like you who make YouTube content, sometimes you're behind the scenes a lot. So we really don't get to know much about you. So, you know, uh, we can tell a lot about someone just about the, just by what they watch on TV. Right. So what kind of shows are you into my friend? So, uh, I typically don't watch television shows, but when I do, it is most of the time animated ones. Cause I, I absolutely love like, for example, arcane, which just came out. I don't know if oh, okay. most of you have watched yeah. that, but that is like one of the top rated ones in my opinion. And I just really like the style that a lot of these artists have, and they always experiment with new things and they're able to express their creative uh, creativity. So it's definitely something that is more on my side when it comes to television shows. Yeah, man. Arcane was like nasty, bro. It was so good. Like it was something that like the characters, the feeling that you got whenever, uh, man, I, my problem is though, is it's been almost a month and a half since I watched it. So I don't, uh, really remember the character. Who was the girl? Do you remember the name of the girl with the blue hair? What's her name? Um, Caitlin, I think so, Kate was Caitlin. Caitlin was the girl that was in like in love with the redheaded girl. Oh, oh you mean Jinx? Uh, the... Jinx. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jinx. yeah. Man, like the emotion that she put forward as a character, like her, her, like, rise into madness it throughout the show itself was just i mean you felt every second of it and like the fight my favorite part of it spoilers ahead um the fight on the bridge where they brought in like the mix of colors and like the different scenes between jinx i forget what that that guy's name is uh, it's echo the young guy. echo yeah, yeah man that fight was crazy bro crazy. it was so awesome Oh. It was so good, man. So <laughs> if you haven't checked out Arcane, definitely do it and respawn. If you're listening to this interview, 
you know, take some pointers there. Arcane, Arcane knocked it out of the park. So very, very cool. Now, do you watch any anime or anything like that? The only anime I have watched is One Punch Man. And okay. I highly recommend it as well. It's really good. Oh, man. Yeah, I finished One Punch Man. I, well, I'm guessing, I guess they, it technically isn't over yet. But the final fight that was a part uh, where he fought, like, not like the final fight, but the one where he saw, fought that guy that was kind of like the Sea King. That was kind of like the fish dude. The man. Fish that, dude. Oh, yeah. He was just, like, that was awesome. And then, the, him, and then, like, One Punch Man making his way through that giant ship that came into Earth or wherever. Mm-hmm. And he just completely destroyed it. I was like, oh my gosh. And it's like, his attitude's awesome. I'm just very impressed that they somehow made an overpowered character feel interesting. Because typically these shows, it's hard to make something that's so powerful, um, what is it, like have a deeper level to it other than just, Mm -hmm. you know, protagonist goes around defeating enemies. But it it really did put something emotional in there. And I, I didn't expect that when I watch the show yeah man it was at first i was like uh is this gonna be another baki is this gonna be another like uh you know street fighter kind of thing and then like once it got past the kind of like we're gonna fight each other in a ring and then even push past like you know them playing video games together and then his relationship with the android guy very 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 cool show yeah one punch man's one that you definitely don't want to miss out on i i binged it very very quickly because it was very very interesting i'm actually watching death note right now so it's kind of weird i feel like like i need to get a little book and start writing names in it and see what happens at this moment (laughs) but uh pretty pretty cool show there too very very uh detective you know kind of cool so with that uh what kind of so i'm sure everybody in our life sets goals so is there a goal that you have set in your life and then you've achieved it right um so one of the goals i actually have set a couple of years back was to start a youtube channel um so i guess i kind of achieved that one already but more a, a more general goal is just to have fun doing what i like and not get tired of it because a lot of the times i find that when i have a new passion or something like that um once i start really doing it and getting into it at some point I feel drained or I, I get tired of it, but content creation is like an exception. I, I really haven't gotten tired of it so far and I hope it doesn't become something that I dislike in the future. Yeah, man, I can, I can totally understand that, you know, doing podcast type stuff. What, what got me a lot whenever I was started doing the podcasting stuff was how, you could on YouTube and all that, you can directly see your results most of the time, whether it was likes. Now you can't really see dislikes. Maybe you can see them yourself as the content creator, but you not everybody else can see them out in space, but you know, views, the analytics side of YouTube is very, very nice. Whereas the analytics side for podcasting is like, you have one listener and they've listened to your show 500 times. And you're like, what? (laughs) That don't make any (laughs) sense. So it's, it's really weird. So I was kind of, I've, I've always been envious of YouTubers because I've like, they can see their results right then. Like if you post a video, you know, if it's gotten, you know, a hundred views within the hour, you're going to know it immediately. Whereas if you post a podcast, I pretty much have to wait like a week's worth of time to like really get an idea of how many listens did I get? Did I get what I want? Did I, 
did, did it do as successful as the last show? Whereas with you all, you know, you get to post the videos and you kind of get to see the success happen right there. So very, very cool there. And you know, it's always great. If you start something, you know, to you make sure you like it, but you know, if you can't really continue, if you don't like something. So, you know, I totally understand that, you know, apart from YouTube though, do you have a full-time job? Are you a student? What, what exactly do you do? So at the moment I am still a student. Uh, I'm not going to reveal my age, but once I do have a full-time job or, uh, well, it depends. If YouTube does become my full-time job, that's great. If it doesn't, then I'll have to compromise. But either way, YouTube's not something that I'm looking to stop doing. So as your parents, like, so, you know, I don't know if you like do ads or whatever. So you like, if you're raking in money in the, on the YouTube or your parents, like, Hey, thanks for the money, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, you know, they're, they're very understanding. I, I do love my parents very much. They're surprisingly understanding compared to other parents that, you know, have a share a similar background, but, um, my money is my money and their money is theirs. Eventually I will be looking to hopefully pay them back for some of the things that they've helped me out with. But other than that, um, yeah, I, I guess it is there for me to do what I want with it. Most likely yeah, I save man, it, but awesome. yeah. Heck, I got to pay back the college stuff, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got very, very lucky. I will say that I actually got a full ride to my bachelor's and master's. So I don't pay any college. I got oh, wow. very, very lucky. Yeah, very, very lucky there. And it was like, like you said, uh, my, my, now my bachelor's was me. You know, I got a scholarship. I worked for that scholarship. My master's was all my dad being in the military and getting some money from his military background. So definitely, you know, always would love to pay your parents back for everything they give you. You know, fortunately, I'm not in the unfortunately, I mean, I'm not in the position to ask my parents for anything now because I'm a grown adult and have to pay for everything myself. So every screen, every microphone and all that. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited to hear that your parents support you. I know right now it's parents are starting to actually understand that this YouTube can become a career, um, video gaming, becoming a pro can become a career. You know, it's just about managing your money for the future because that's one thing about me and you you know we're both young but uh but you know the future is getting costlier and costlier so oh yeah it's always 100%. a scary thing it's always a scary thing so with that you know what exactly do you do in your spare time like other than school and youtube you know do you go play soccer do you uh, you know, I own like a giant business on the side. We don't know about you trying to hide out some money there or something. I don't know. So what, what do you do, man? So um, I'm actually a bit of a musician myself. Uh, I played piano for around six or seven years now. So music Ooh. is like a, a side hobby or, or a side passion of mine. Um, it's definitely not as interesting to me as, as content creation itself, but it is still something that I like to spend some time into, whether or not it's playing an instrument or simply looking at, uh, you know, music and maybe composing a few pieces myself. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I was a tuba player. So, Oh, really? You know, yeah. Yeah. No, I actually like crazy, you know, crazy story. There was dating a girl in the band. The band director walked up to me. and was like, Hey man, you're here at every one of our games, everything we do. Why don't you learn an instrument? And I was like, 
well, she's hot, so I guess so. <laughs> and so then I went and like I learned the tuba, and uh, you know you can probably read music, right? Yeah. I assume so. Well, what I did was because I had to learn the tuba in less than two months, and I'd never read music ever in my life, was cool. I color coded notes with different highlighters, and actually every note had a certain color, and I memorized colors and not the notes. Oh so, wow. That's how I, that's how for, from my freshman year in high school till my senior year in high school, I was able to march as I would literally memorize colors. And so like, if I put three fingers down on, on it, then I would know it was a a green or if I put two fingers, it'd be a blue. So very, very interesting. It was a interesting time for me and very, very hard. Hey, if you got to do that to get to that girl, you know, man's got to do what man's got to do. <laughs> hey, yeah, man. I, but I enjoyed music. I, I really did enjoy music. So, uh, you know, one thing I did want to ask you since we've been, you know, this isn't really on our list of questions, but uh, so after you finish school, you know, I don't know what, what, you know, what level of school you're in, but after you finish school and you maybe go to college or something like that, is there like a, a certain studies? Are you looking into computer programming, animation, computer information, what kind of stuff are you looking into to maybe be that future career if YouTube doesn't work out exactly how you want it to? So the future career I've always had in mind was filmmaking because that is like my core um, passion and it is something that I'm better at compared to a lot of the other things. Um, YouTube kind of started out as like a side thing I was like, hey, my video editing kind of sucks. And if I really do want to want to turn this into like a future career of mine, I got to get in some practice because because there's some stuff I need to catch up on. So I started doing that and then it turned out to be a lot more than I expected. I got to meet a lot of really, really awesome people in the process. So that's probably the best part out of all of this, to be honest. Yeah, man. Networking young and getting it you know, getting ready and getting yourself set up, you know, they're going to know they're going to be your, in a way your YouTube is your portfolio to anybody looking at that and saying, look, this man has skills, right? So, you know, kudos for that. Cause my portfolio is some horrible looking maps that I created since I'm a map maker. It's, <laughs> it's like, I show back my maps from college and they're like, what is this stuff? And I'm like, um, that was back when I was a, a little lad, didn't know what I was doing, but I, I'm much better now, <laughs> much better. I'm sure you are, dude. You sound like a well, freaking awesome person. I, I thank you. I try to be. I mean, I'm running my own mapping department for a utility. So, you know, if anything, I've I've made it to where I want. I've made it to my dream job. So, yeah, I'll be retiring here in about 25 years. <laughs> a long time, <laughs> but I'll be there. So, you know, enough about life. Let's talk a little bit about some fun questions in Apex before we move into the why, the how, and all that good stuff. So, why don't you give us a overview of your video game history? What was your first console? What was your first, you know, did you play PC from the beginning? Um, and then maybe what kind of games did you grow up with to get to where you are now with Apex? So the first ever game that I played, I believe, if I remember correctly, was Red Alert. I don't know if Red you guys Alert. know what that game is, but Red, Red Alert was so fun when I first tried it. And I played it on this really crappy um, computer that my my uncle had because I didn't have a computer myself. And that was just like my favorite thing to do. And then I got into a lot of tower defense games. So that was the the beginning of my gaming journey. Um, Man. 
Red Alert. Gone. Never heard of it. Yeah. What what company makes it? Do you know? Oh, or is it just something I, that I, is I it like forgot. a company we don't know? I, I don't I don't even remember. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah, man. My first computer game was Doom. And it was the game that like before you actually while your computer was turning on, you would have to hit a key on your computer to not load into your computer, but load into Doom instead. Oh, that was how my first game was. So really, really cool there. And so what what games after the tower defense games, what brought you to a battle royale genre that you're in now? So the first FPS game I played um, was CSGO because my friends got into it. And uh, let me just say, when I shoot like 60 bullets, I'll probably hit like <laughs> one or two of those. So at that time, you can say I'm pretty freaking bad. And then after that, I got into Rainbow Six Siege. You guys probably know that. And then yeah. I tried PUBG for a couple of hours. I never really got into that. And then Apex came out and I realized, hey, this is this is exactly what I like. So, yeah, man, that because you kind of get the battle royale part of PUBG and then you kind of get the fast push part of Rainbow Six Siege. You know, I, I really liked uh, Fuse when I played Rainbow. I loved like I loved putting his thing on the wall and then blowing <laughs> everybody to high heaven on the oh. other side of that wall. Yeah, uh, Fuse was <laughs> Fuse and Blitz were two of my favorite characters. But very, very yeah, Rainbow Six Siege is awesome. Um, you know, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I've always wondered why they never got into the BR genre, but it is more of a strategy-based push to point. So are you like into that kind of search and destroy type game where you have an objective? Um, it really does depend. I moved from that sort of game as my uh as my type of like preference to this sort of battle royale, like uh, quick movement, a lot of different things happening at the same time, a little blend of like Overwatch with the abilities and then um, higher time to kill. So in my games, I do prefer a higher time to kill now compared to a lower one where you can like shoot a couple of bullets and they're already dead because it gives you time to react to someone shooting at you and you have more mm -hmm. of a chance to fight back compared to, you know, if someone shoots you in the back, you're, you're basically screwed yeah i understand that totally that's that's exactly what drew me into apex the first time i played apex i was like oh this is disgusting because i was from overwatch right and uh <laughs> and then whenever i finally like sat down gave it a try uh and then also overwatch started to die a little bit um I, I was like okay apex is is kind of exciting so we've kind of established that you do play apex um you did tell me before we started that you were a diamond level right now right is it, i'm correct or no you're plat right now because you were in diamond correct yes yes so you know he has skills everybody he has skills you know <laughs> the plat the diamond is like i don't know the upper like up within the 25 percent pretty pretty good there so when exactly did you start did you start season zero did you start one two three how long ago was it that you actually started playing apex um, I started, if I remember correctly, around two or three days after the game dropped. So I started pretty early. Uh, it's, it's really is because my friends pulled me in. If they didn't tell me, hey, there's this really cool Titanfall Battle Royale game that came out, I, I probably wouldn't have gotten into Apex until it was like a couple seasons in. Um, but yeah, I took yeah. a break around season two and then I came back season four. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people took a break around that time. I remember I, I did. Um, there was a lot of 
weird stuff going on around then. You know, a lot of uh, changes that were being made um, to ranked and characters and this character would come in OP. This map would be something that we didn't want to see. Um, you know, of course, World's Edge came in around, I think, season three. So, you know, some cool changes there. So then I guess since you're from season zero, like me, you've probably went through quite a few different mains as far as who you like to play. So, you know, can you go through those mains? Like, who have you liked to Ooh. play since the beginning? Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is, is a, Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I think the first person that I actually played ever was Gibraltar. And I did not realize that he was the worst legend at the at the launch <laughs> of the game. So I was just getting absolutely destroyed the whole first season. Oh, no, not even Man. season, just season zero. <laughs> um, and then I think my first real main was Lifeline. After that, yeah. I moved on to Caustic, and then it really did just become a sort of like free roam. I would play whoever I felt like. I even right now, um, I'm currently playing a lot of Bloodhound, but. In a few weeks, I'll probably like change to someone else again. Yeah, man, that's uh, I. We actually have had a different, a different, you know, look at uh, outlook as far as legends go. My first main was actually Pathfinder for the first, I think, three seasons, and then I believe Revenant came in season four or five. I think maybe four. Yeah, season uh, four. I think it was four. Yeah, Rev, and then Revenant was my main until. Fusey Boy came out, so a very long stretch, very oh, very wow. long stretch. Um, I did, uh, I did have a stint with Octane. Me and him had a relationship for a little while, and I got fourteen hundred kills in one season with him. I was pretty excited about that for not only being able to play two hours a night, so that was pretty cool. And then now I'm actually on Fuse and Mad Maggie, but Maggie has only been out for like a couple of days, so I can't really say I'm maining her. But man, her kit is. We'll talk more about that in the season 12, <laughs> but her kid is a load of fun. So I'd say right now I'm more, I'm still more of a rev main, uh, but uh, Mad Maggie is a very interesting character to play. And, you know, while Gibby was not good in season one or two, um, he is now very good, um, but he is now directly countered by the new character. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Gibby, I think. Um, I guess with that, uh, I didn't really put this in here either. So, uh, you know, your favorite legend, you kind of went through, went through some right now you're playing bloodhound. So what is your favorite map that's been dropped on, uh, on apex? You know, we have storm point, we have Olympus, we have Kings Canyon, and then we have uh, world's edge, which one of those is your favorite map. And then maybe do you have like a favorite POI? Um, I would have to say, that world's edge is my favorite map just because um especially for ranked i do think it's a better map but even for pubs until fragment you know fragment east and fragment west became like where the single place where every single person in the lobby drops the the map was really really fun mm -hmm. and when i first played it i was like whoa this is so different from with them uh king's canyon what we had in season two and season one i was like oh wow yeah this is this is freaking awesome yeah, yeah. And so what what's your favorite POI right now on there? Do you have a favorite one? Oh, um, not really. I'd say most of the time if I'm looking to just have some chaos, chaotic fun, I drop on the construction building in uh, mm, Capital City. I call it Twitch Tower. 
<laughs> Twitch Tower. Hello, everybody. How you doing? I'm going to try to find a gun. But the it's like, it's well, that's your thoughts, right? I'm going to try to find a gun here. I'm probably not going to find a gun. So we're going to end up punching each other to death. <laughs> and hopefully I win. But more than likely, I'm going to get third partied by your friend that decides that because you have communication and I don't with my teammates, I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's kind of how I feel about that. Building. Definitely. That is that is how like 99% of the scenarios play out. Yeah. It's, it's My favorite is staging up at those three bins that overlook staging. That's my favorite spot. No matter what, Ooh. that's where I want to land. I love having the high ground there. It makes it super exciting. So, you know, you know, going back to characters, if you could have one of the characters' abilities in real life, right? Um, you know, maybe make, maybe you're a good looking dude. I don't know. I've, I've never seen you before. Maybe you just want to make some Mirage decoys of yourself and be like, Hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, or <laughs> you want to be able to grapple to the top of wherever a tower or something, you know, uh, like Pathfinder. So what character ability would it be or what character would it be? And what ability would it be? And why? I think I'd have to go with lifeline because you can just heal yourself whenever, so if I get injured or uh, get a disease or something like that, you know, I don't have to pay that hospital bill. The hospital bills are expensive, man. You just just throw your drone down, <laughs> boom, you're set. All right, no no more hospital fee, no more crying wallet. You're good to go. So that's yeah. definitely something I would choose. Yeah, with four kids myself, I can definitely uh, you know guarantee hospital bills are an issue <laughs> uh, i kind of want to cry right now but i'm not going i'll hold it strong for you a minute i'll hold it strong <laughs> i can just see my bills coming in now the other day i think i got mail i got mail in my mailbox and there was like six bills in there for medical and i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> and i came in Ron was, i came in and my wife was like yeah, those are those co-pays I didn't pay. And I'm like, oh, dear Lord, here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was interesting. So we found out a lot about Minute. If you haven't found out enough about Minute, you're, you're, you're like, I don't understand it. Because I kind of know this guy now. I feel like we're best friends, Minute. I feel like we're already there. We're, yeah, I we're think we're, we're pretty good friends. <laughs> exactly. So we're, we're there. We've broken the ice. And so let's go ahead and move into the deep interview part of this on where you tell us the why. The how minute updates and then give us your thoughts on season 12. So the why, when did you tell yourself that you wanted to start making YouTube content and, and strictly about apex? Like, is that like apex had to drop for you to do that? Or were you going to make YouTube content and just apex was kind of like the convenient, like I'm, I love this game. So I should just make it. So, um, I actually started making YouTube content before I started doing this sort of like news related stuff, but it really never hit off. Like I tried a couple of things. Uh, some of those videos were Apex Legends related and it just never really worked. And then I came across a channel by the name of Water Gotham. And oh, I was no. like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. No, you... At the time I was like, yo, this, this guy's pretty cool. He makes, you know, short videos <laughs> and it, it's pretty informative and he seems like a, a chill person. And then little do I know, like a couple of weeks into me making making uh, Apex videos, Apex news videos, the guy gets exposed and it turns out he's this completely different person. Uh, yeah. I don't want to, yeah, I mean, 
So man, uh, <laughs> you know my you know my story with him is rather interesting. Of course, like you, I approached him for an interview, right? I did, you know, because at the time he wasn't doing the stuff that we found out he was doing, mm-hmm. uh, and he actually like on my on his stream, I just put in there. I was like, because he streams a lot on Twitch. I was like, hey, how do you feel about an interview? And he like come out in front of everybody that was watching him and was like, Hey, this broadcast person in my, in my channel right now is trying to use me for content or trying to use me as for clout. Like that's what he said on the stream. And I was like, bro, like I, there's plenty of YouTubers out there. I don't really need you to make content. So, uh, but man, he just kind of had this, this high opinion of himself. So it was, it's, I'm glad I can meet you and, and you're, you seem like a really humble guy, but, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, his content was good though. I mean, you know, if you're looking strictly at the content and, you know, getting, getting a lot of detail out of two to five minutes worth of content about what's happening in apex that day, content was great. Just whenever you found out more about the person, you're like, Eesh. Yeah, it really does suck. He was like one of the people that got me into it. Um, there is someone else that also got me into YouTube. Uh, you you might not know him, but he's called Deli Dog. He's also Apex News creator. And at the huh. time, I think he had like a couple hundred subs, and I was like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. You know, he does like a similar type of video format. I kind of want to do the same thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty well, awesome. That's cool. And then so. I, you know, I know that you had made some content about Apex. Now, now, what you're referring to is not working. Is that the Ultimate Brother channel that you have, the one that's apart from Minute Updates? Um, no, it was what I did before was like, so I tried a couple of montages. Those, uh, to be completely honest, now that I, because I still have the footage, and I'm looking back at it, I'm like, okay, this is this is not this is not very great. I mean, I can't expect much. If you look at my first video, you can tell um, <laughs> the video quality is it really isn't great. So there, it, it's not a surprise that I didn't hit off. But I think the most important thing was I never really got into something that I could do repeatedly and consistently. So that's uh-huh. probably why Apex News was the best thing for me to do at the time. Absolutely. So is now, I guess, you know, is there any other games we can look out for you to cover in the future or is apex legends kind of taking the cake right now and you're not wanting to move past that um until maybe apex legends begins to die off a little bit um i'd say for the minute updates channel i'll probably continue to do apex if in the future i'm looking to cover another game that is as interesting as apex is to me then perhaps i'll start another channel that covers that one uh as well but until then it's either Apex starts to die and I switch or I get just somehow really bored of Apex and maybe I'll switch up the content. But I don't really see that happening for a while. Yeah, man. I mean, right now they're they're doing, like as far as like games out there right now, Apex is doing a really, really good job of updates and like consistent, you know, with every season, we know we get a character, we know we get skins, we know that every year we're going to get a map. You know, we don't know exactly what kind of li- you know life changes they're going to make, our quality of life changes, but we at least know that. So, you know, as as a a player base, it's exciting to know is that you're always going to get that, and they're they're not like hopefully they don't end up like Overwatch where it was like yeah we're going to keep redoing that we're going to keep doing different modes, and all of a sudden it's just going to drop off. 
drop off because we're going to announce Overwatch 2 and then we're not going to create any content and it still hasn't released to today even though it's been like almost two years since Overwatch 2 was announced. My like the worst day I'll ever have for Apex Legends is if Respawn comes out and says we are creating an Apex Legends 2 and I'll be like oh well that's it. I'm throwing in the towel. It's over with. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. So, you know, of course, you know, why did you start making it? And then, so the videos that you make, right? So you do videos about uh, passive updates, uh, news changes, um, skins, drama, characters, all kinds of stuff. What exactly is your favorite type of video to make whenever you look at the different things that you can talk about with Apex? So when I make videos, I love adding in my own opinion and my own analysis of the situation. So I'd say my favorite type is with changes, whether that be to maps or legends or whatever, because I like uh, taking my own ideas and maybe building on them, or I like seeing what the community thinks of and uh, showing those ideas in the video as well. When it comes to skins and drama, there really isn't much for me to say other than to say, hey, look, these skins are coming out at this time or, oh, this drama is happening. But with the changes, I can really like dive into some deeper level analysis. And so that's probably why those are my favorite ones. Yeah. So, I mean, if the, if any season has seen changes, season 12 is definitely seen. We've seen some changes and we're even getting a change here next week or yeah, next week with the heirlooms that I'm Whenever we get down to the season 12, I'm curious to what I want to know what you think about that, because I don't know how I feel about it being. And that's only because being in season 12 now, being since season zero, I only have one heirloom. And now (laughs) I've heard that it might be taken away from me, that I might even have a chance at another one. Oh, my goodness. So, um, no, changes are definitely something that I feel like. You know, I see these skins videos and they're cool, right? I, oh, yeah, uh, but, definitely. I don't know. But um, I don't know. Like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to make this clear, just in case anyone is confused. I'm not saying that skins videos are bad. They're really informative. And most of the people that make them are really, really awesome. It's just not my preferred type of, of content. Yeah, no, man. That's what I was going to say is like, I like when people make the skins videos just because I can see it. But as far as like me as a person who a does not pay for skins, like unless there's like whenever I'm, you know, whenever I'm main revenant, like if there's a revenant skin, that's like, Oh my goodness, I can't live without, or I want to flex my muscles. Um, I'll buy that. But other than that, like I, I, I'm a person that like looks out for the changes. Cause that's what I want to know is what's changing about the game. What, what's going to make next season different from what it is now, because that's one of the biggest things that's draw draw me to apex has been this like ever changing, you know, the characters that we have now, like, you know, you look at Gibby, um, you know, you look at crypto, we've had them for seasons now. Um, but now we're seeing a counter to Gibby. And then with crypto, we're seeing a completely different character. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, and as far as like him going from him used to being like a D ranked character, so now he's up in the A and S tier because he's, you know, his changes. So that's literally, you know, that's what I relate towards. I'm one of those people that whenever somebody's posting about drama, uh, I just get like, I go watch it because I'm, you know, that I'm just like, Oh gosh, I got to watch this. Cause I do content creation. It might be good. But in reality, like if it wasn't for me creating apex content, I would never watch a drama video ever because I'm one of those guys that's like for the developers. 
Um, I know a lot of people aren't, but it's so, yeah, it's different. So, you know, it's great to hear that you're, you like the changes. And I, like I say, you know, and I'll say this once again, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, if you want to know what's changing in apex, definitely go check out minutes, YouTube. Had to plug you there, buddy. Had to plug you. (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) it's my turn. Hey, if you want more info on anything Apex related, like in (laughs) general, check out this guy. All right. Okay. This is awesome podcast, by the way. Um, I've checked out a few of your podcasts. (laughs) They are really informative. So uh, they do give some pretty good insight. So I'd say if you're interested, definitely keep that in mind. Look at that. Look at that. Plugging each other. Let's go. So, <laughs> uh, so again, uh, you know, we, we say, you say changes. So my next question in, and really the last question of the why is what keeps you interested in making eight content, you know, for apex legends? Is it the changes? Is it the ever, you know, all the different things when from season to season, what keeps you wanting to talk about apex? I think to be honest, it probably is the changes. Um, I've noticed that uh, people are in general getting a lot better at the game compared to the beginning. And so that's one of the incentives. It's like, hey, if you want to stay at, let's say, diamond ranked or or if you want to continue being a good player, you have to, you know, um, push yourself or, or there's just like a challenge there, I guess. And it's always a challenge that keeps me interested in things. If things if something gets a bit too easy, I lose a little bit of uh, interest, but Somehow, Apex is always a challenge, whether that comes to finding interesting content or or playing the game at a certain level. And so that is probably why. Man, yeah, you're not you're not lying. It's definitely a challenge. It took me till like two seasons ago to even make it to plat three because I don't get to play a lot, but I still like, you know, play ranked every night. And it's took that long to make it to plat three because I I can't grind like everybody else can grind, but you're, you're exactly right. There's something like you always have an adrenaline rush. When you play this game, this game makes you sweat. It makes you have to wipe off your mouse because you sweated so much. Like, (laughs) and then like the, the, like the times, the high moments, the good moments, you get like kind of the sense of euphoria. And then like the really bad moments is whenever you like, rage quit shut off your pc and just like i'm done like you without even saying body your stream you just click stop streaming like that's like that's like the difference like the different like feelings in this game is just you know and that's why i love it like i tell my wife all the time like i tried to play pokemon for for a week and i never once got this adrenaline high and but what i would see is if i went and played pokemon during the day and i came back at night and played apex I, I definitely loved the game of Apex way more than I loved the game of Pokemon, even though they're two different totally things. And even like Call of Duty, like if I go back to Call of Duty now, I don't feel like a high when I'm playing it because it's really either you get shot by bots or or cheaters or it's like I'm just running and gunning to have fun. There's no like skill needed. Whereas Apex, healing, taking cover, the different scan abilities that's come to the game, all that different stuff feeds into what makes apex such a great VR. And so I definitely understand that. So now that we've kind of figured out the why, let's talk about the how. So with the, how do you get any content topics from other YouTubers? Like, do you go watch YouTube's uh, YouTubers content before your own? Um, Or do you have any relationships with other YouTubers that make content? So when it comes to me making a video, I typically try to 
um, whenever a new Apex video comes out, I do try to watch it, uh, of course, um, you know, to keep myself updated as well. But a lot of the times I try not to overlap topics. So let's say uh, some other Apex news YouTuber is going to make a topic about um, some Maggie changes, I guess. Uh, then I'm probably not going to drop a video that is also about Maggie changes on that day, just so that our videos don't fight with one another when it comes to views. And, you know, you just want to let that video have space. Um, but when it comes to relationships, I'd say I'm pretty close with a couple. Uh, they're really, really, they really are really good people. Like a lot of, uh, a lot of my audience or a lot of people I've come across when it comes to YouTube and what they see or what they think about YouTubers it's as if we are a different type of, of people, but we're really mm -hmm. not like <laughs> all the people that I know that do YouTube, they're really nice and chill. And well, apart from, you know, a specific person that we've talked about already, <laughs> but <laughs> most of the time they really are good people. And so that's probably why they're so likable and they're able to have such a large audience. Yeah, man. Like, you know, I look at someone like Thornton smash, you know, one of the, I think he's one of the coolest dudes, you know, he gets on there with his girlfriend or wife or whatever. He gets <laughs> on there and streams and invites people to play with him. Um, has this really chill attitude. This really, he's a really giving person. You know, he gives out oh, money yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Really, really giving person. And then you got someone like Jay miles who likes to talk about the drama of apex. You know, that's kind of like who he is, is he likes to feed into that. And his, 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 his like, uh, the people that watch his videos really feed into that. And you'll see that in the comments. And so, you know, you look at those two YouTubers and you look at the comments on those videos, you have two different type of audiences. And so, you know, and with you, it's like, you know, not be, not taking and stealing that from other YouTubers and doing your own thing and, and doing your own analysis that brings people that enjoy your type of videos. And it's really, you know, and you hear that too. And that's one thing I like about YouTubers in, in this space is, you know, if, if say, you know, Thor and smash had covered something that morning that Garrett leaks wanted to cover later on that, that night or something like that, or a video later on, you know, Garrett or somebody would put in that video. If you want to go listen to this, go watch Thor and smash's channel. Right. And yeah, same thing with you, you know, kind of like you. So, you know, that to me, that's really, really cool that, that you all do that. And I think it, it just speaks to the type of people that you are um, as far as YouTubers go. So very very cool there um the next question is do you get any content from data miners so when it comes to content from data miners um really it, it is just content that they're willing to share like freely um i know some youtubers they have a closer relationship to some data miners so maybe there'll be you know some some more extra content that they're not willing to release yet but they just exchange it between themselves I won't go into too much detail about that, but either way, when it comes to content that is actually being shared freely on YouTube, uh, we probably all have the same amount of content available. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think about me in particular, you know, I don't really, I don't have any data miners in my back pocket. Um, but what I do have is, uh, I'm actually a part of some discords. One's called the mine and one's called apex uncovered. And I can go there and kind of see some of the leaks and stuff in those areas. So, you know, it's pretty cool to get to 
talked to some of the leakers there, but uh, you know, I don't really take much content from there because the, there's other YouTubers and they're taking content from there. So, you know, I kind of wait for the the YouTube videos to come out. So, well, that's cool to hear. So now let's talk about kind of like the stress of YouTube. So when planning a video, how much time do you put into planning it? You know, what does that kind of look like for you? It, uh, it depends on the video topic. For some videos, it does take a bit longer because you have to go back and look at older news or uh, dig deeper into, you know, some, some of the info that has been shared in the past. But if it's something really recent, it takes a little less time. I'd say the editing process and the, uh, the process of finding an interesting topic and planning out what to say in the video probably takes around the same amount of time. So I'd say a couple of hours every day is uh, generally what you would be looking at. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like any other type of job is once you get good at it, you get good at it, right? So like if you if you get handed a topic or you think of a topic, you know, coming up with what to say about that topic could be pretty easy because you've already either tried to you've already either covered a topic kind of like it before and you kind of know the high points to hit or, you know, maybe you just already have a general idea of what that's going to look like. So that definitely makes sense. So I guess uh, with that, how do you go about creating the video? Like what kind of software do you use? This could be helpful for anybody out there looking for content, you know, to create content. What kind of, uh, you know, you know, software do you use to do the audio, um, you know, get the music and then maybe put that onto a video or what kind of uh, device do you use as far as microphone goes and all that to record your voice? What, what all do you have as far as a setup there? Sure. Um, so I'll start with the mic. I have a AT2020. I, I think a lot of uh, YouTubers use this mic. It is a pretty good mic, uh, very versatile. So if you're looking at getting a higher quality, I'd say, mic, this is something I would recommend. There's a lot of other great mics out there as well. So this is something that really does come down to preference. I do prefer this mic over some of the other ones, but yeah. And then for the editing software, I highly recommend DaVinci Resolve. Uh, I'm currently using DaVinci Resolve 16. I know 17 is already out, but DaVinci Resolve 16 is free. It's a professional editing software. You don't need to pay any money to get the um, a lot of the features that you would need for most of the video editing you're going to do. So if, especially if you're starting off and you probably already tried some more basic editing softwares like iMovie, then this is what I'd say is a good next step to take. Yeah, definitely. And you don't, you know, you never, you're, you're one of those people that kind of keeps your identity concealed. So you don't really use, you know, cameras and all that kind of stuff. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, and that, and that's cool. So there's a lot of the YouTubers out there that do do that. And that, you know, that makes sense. So basically do you, do you record the audio and then put the video with it? Um, that's basically probably how you go about doing that. Correct. Um, what do you mean by record? Do you mean like I record the audio and then I make all the visual stuff separate? Yeah. So like, or yeah, like in, so like if you're going to talk about a topic, let's say, let's say talk about season 12 Olympus changes, you record yourself talking about those changes and, and you would then have a, a time set because you know what you're going to say. And then you do assign different uh you know images to or videos to um that section the section of pieces that you're talking about or 
how do you do that? Do you make the video first and then put in the audio and talk about it? How do you oh, okay. go about that? So I record the audio first and then I edit the audio so that there's no like blank spots or if I mess up something, you know, I, I can go ahead and re-record that and change it. And then after I have the whole audio thing completed, so that's just how it's going to be in the final version. I then go on and add the music. If I, I've stuck with the same music for quite a while now because it just works really well. But I then add on the music and then the, the videos, like the background footage, and I find the images that I want to show and I put that on there as well. Yeah, and so does now does the audio, do you record the audio in DaVinci Resolve or do you record that in like Audacity or some other form and then you can kind of plug that into DaVinci Resolve? Um, I just simply use the microphone recorder option that we have on Windows 10. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, it's as simple as that. <laughs> it's as simple as that. There's no need to, like, I have tried um, uh, different settings. Like, for example, I used OBS uh, with a with an attachment to, uh, you know, change up, like, the, the voice a little bit. But I felt like just recording the voice normally sounds more natural. So this is probably what I'm going to stick with. Yeah, man, that makes sense. And, you know, like, like I said, I'm asking all these questions because YouTube is, is it's a hard environment to kind of get up and going on because there is so many videos out there. And so any kind of thing like this can really help people that are looking to venture into that space know that, you know, it really doesn't take much past some of the basic tools that you would get with a computer to, to do really well. I mean, even like some of the worst mics out there can be made to sound great. And oh, like, yeah. you know, I think DaVinci Resolve itself, The now do you pay for the DaVinci Resolve like full version or do you, I think it's free. The first, like you can use a free version of it as well. Yeah, I, I still use the free version till this day. I haven't needed the full version. So see, there you yeah. go. <laughs> and, and you know, creating it like, look, look, you know, let's think about this for a second. You use what comes to you on Windows, which most computers you buy now have Windows. You mm -hmm. then use DaVinci Resolve, which is free. And then YouTube itself to create account. Uh, you know, you can use like Canva. You can use uh, Wix. You can use all kinds of different things to create your, your logo for free. And then your YouTube account being free. And then uploading videos is free. So really <laughs> to start a YouTube channel... It's really all you have to do is once you know that all that's free, it's about planning what you want to talk about and, and honing your craft as far as like what the videos sound like, uh, what, what, what the visuals will be. And then it's all there for you. So very, very cool. And, you know, speaking of logos and um, thumbnails, right? Every YouTube video has a thumbnail. You don't, don't be like geo with broadcast and allow your face and and the and the thing to be the thumbnail. Create an actual thumbnail. Geo is very lazy. I'm speaking myself in third person. I am very lazy. But my boy here, Minute, is not. Minute, you've got some cool thumbnails. Um, so what do you use to create what you do for I guess what what did you use to create your logo? And then what do you use to create your thumbnails? So I love how you mentioned Canva because this is one of my favorite websites when it comes to doing this stuff. Fun fact. I have not touched Photoshop for a single one of my thumbnails. It's all made on Canva. Really? That's yeah. what I made all mine on too. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, Canva is such a great website. For every single one of my thumbnails, I've only used different websites to make them. So really? whether that's 
removing backgrounds or or adding uh, some effects or like or on Canva you can you can you can really do so much. So mm -hmm. the, when it comes to the production process, the only thing that costs money for me is the mic because I had the computer already. Um, so that <clears throat> that really is about it. Yeah, and to be honest with you, if you're looking to do kind of like what Minute does, and you can correct me on this, but you don't really need the most powerful computer out there. You know, a lot, now if you're doing like, you want to record your face and you want to get the 4K, you know, you'll need some, you'll need a pretty strong computer. But if you're looking to just throw, you know, clips or like zoom into a computer that you're talking about in the game of Apex, you don't really need the most powerful computer out there. You know, you could almost, I mean, you could almost be back at like a 10, whatever, a 1660 TI or whatever they're called. I mean, you don't even really need that. You don't really need much of a power. Or you could almost even have a laptop and do it from a laptop, no problem. Dude, so, I, I started on a laptop. <laughs> and I did too. My first, like, my first, mine was an HP Omen laptop that I'd got back in the day. And now, now I have a PC with a 2070 and, uh, you know, uh, whatever AMD something or other. Um, I'm, I'm looking to upgrade because I'm wanting to get into YouTube, but you know, poor people yeah. got problems, poor people um, got problems. So. I, I would recommend to anyone out there that is looking to get into YouTube, but you also want good background footage. There, is, there are things like GeForce now, or I, I think that's what it's called. It's like where mm -hmm. you pay for a service. And every month it's a couple of dollars and they basically run the game for you and they stream it to your computer. So if you want, you could have a like a Dell laptop, no graphics card needed. Run, the, run that uh, service so it streams onto your laptop and then just record your screen. And that can be your background footage and it works just as well. Man, you're getting all the tips and tricks here. So if you want to, if, if anybody that's listening to this podcast right now becomes successful on YouTube, Starts making a lot of money because of me and Minute here. We expect some contributions back, right? I'm, I'm expecting some payment here. So, you know, or at least a shout out. Come on, man. Shout a man out. No. So let's go ahead and move into your actual channel, Minute Updates. I had some questions about the channel. First off, before we get to Minute Updates, the ultimate brother. So you've got about a thousand, what, 1,600 people on there, something like that. What was that channel? Was that during your time at Minute Updates or is that just kind of like a channel that if you have people that are into Minute Updates and they like you a lot, I guess, then they can follow that channel on like the side to get some extra content? So the original intention for that channel was for me to just make some side content that I like because um, most of those videos on that channel is just me having fun with my friends and playing random games. So that's, that's basically all the content is. I was surprised that one of the videos actually took off and had like, uh, 40,000 views or something crazy like that. Man. But that's, wild. Uh, that's probably why. Yeah. I mean, sadly, I don't have enough time to continue making that form of content. It really was something that I enjoyed and it looked to be working out pretty well. So it's maybe the ultimate brother channel will be something I continue in the future when I have more spare time. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I, I like the content on there too. So, you know, it is what it is. So um, I guess my question then is where does the name minute updates come from? Is that just like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing updates of apex or that's how long the video is supposed to be. Where did that come from? 
So, um, in the beginning, I was going to call it something like Apex updates or or something like that because that's basically what the channel is going to be focused on. But then I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's that's a little bit, you know, too general. There are so many other channels out there that also do Apex news, and I wanted to do something that was special when I was starting off. So I decided minute updates. All of my videos at the beginning are going to be around one minute long or less. So that's probably why in the beginning you can see all my videos are like fifty seconds or sixty seconds, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then later on, uh, it's it's sad, but because of some changes to YouTube itself, that form of video started to not work as well for me. So I had to push the video length to something like three to four minutes or maybe four to five minutes, which is what I have now. But I do actually enjoy these longer videos because I get to talk more and I get to go more in depth on some of the topics. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd been watching, I watched CrossFit stuff on YouTube because I was, I'm into that kind of workout stuff. And I was listening the other day and one of the YouTubers on there said that he was purposely making his videos 10 minutes long because 10 minute videos do a lot better than sub 10 minute videos. So is that kind of what happened with you? Is that like, you noticed um, that five minute videos was doing a lot better than maybe a minute videos? Yeah, it, it it's really strange how it works, but it's like YouTube all of a sudden, like at some point, some point they were like, okay, we're going to stop <laughs> recommending this type of video. Mm-hmm. And I, I have, I have basically no choice. It's either, Hey, you change your video length or you get, you know, your channels that, so yeah, and that's probably something you had to figure out on your own too. It was, and I, I, it might be that they didn't, don't they do those YouTube clips now is what they call them where yeah, YouTube yeah. shorts, th- those are working out really well. That, that, that's probably why they were trying to uh, recommend those or push those. So my type of video would, it, it really didn't work out well. I had to just change mm-hmm. the video length. Yeah, that makes sense, man. It makes sense. So your first video was on December 3rd of 2020 in the midst of a pandemic, right? <laughs> it was about the recycled holiday bash event, which we all love and enjoy. One of the best LTMs uh, that we have seasonal LTMs um, and received 260 views, right? So your first video receiving 260 views, that's actually not a bad amount of views for your first video. I don't think, um, um, I don't know. Okay. What do, you, uh, do you consider that good? That is those 260 views, 251 of those are from people that went back to check on that later on. Cause I remember uh-huh. like till this day, the first video that I put out within the 48 hours, there was only nine views on that video. And four of those views are from me checking back on the video to see how many <laughs> views there were. <laughs> exactly. Right. You're probably, you're, and that's exactly how I am now with making some of this YouTube content from the podcast. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, it's got like five views. And then I realized that's probably because I checked it the last <laughs> five times. Sad day. Uh, but, you know, looking back at that, video, you kind of highlighted this earlier, you know, as far as even looking back at your thumbnail, uh, you know, the audio, the video, man, you've improved in all aspects as far as making videos. If you look at that video versus now, right. And that's what you want, right. You want it to yeah. see, see it improve. So what all have you done since that first video, which was really only a year ago, almost or a little, a little over a year ago, that's, that's caused it to change that much. Was it, you just 
you just noticed that it was not that great back then, or you got better equipment or you, you use different software. What all has changed in that year? I'd say really the biggest change is I've, I've realized that when I'm making a video at the present moment, I think it's good quality, but then let's say a month or two months later, I look back and I realized, okay, this video is actually a lot you know, worse or lower quality than, than what I have now. And so realizing that made me uh, really have a more outside perspective of my own videos and mm -hmm. why my content isn't as great as it could be. And so I think having that sort of perspective allowed me to realize, okay, the audio is actually a lot worse than I thought. The video, this can be improved. Um, maybe the format could be improved. And so I'd say that's probably the biggest change I had that allowed me to improve my content. Of course, some of the equipment I had also changed. I went from a laptop to a PC. Uh, I went from using my laptop mic to an actual mic. But really, when it comes to the footage, um, going from the laptop to PC really didn't change much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, that, makes, that makes sense. No, I mean... That's kind of what happened with me was I had a, you know, I had my, um, I think it was a Logitech G pro headset whenever I first started. And then the guy that edited the podcast was like, that's just not going to cut it. Um, <laughs> even though now, now the Logitech G pro has a blue Yeti mic that comes with it. I went out and bought a Yeti caster and I've literally used a Yeti caster in the same computer for two years now. And it, I don't think it sounds that bad at all. So oh, it sounds great. I appreciate it. So also I saw, like I said a second ago, you know, your thumbnail quality has improved. Do you get, are you inspired by anybody else as far as their thumbnails go um, and the, the way they look, or is that kind of your own design and what you kind of pictured when you make your own thumbnails? So um, a lot of people might've noticed this, but at one point I changed my thumbnail to have that sort of like black box at the bottom yep. of the thumbnail um, had that for a while, it worked pretty well, but then, uh, it's, it was brought to my attention that a lot of people were actually confusing my thumbnails with like, for example, Thornton smash or Garrett leaks, because we, we do have like that similar black box. And since they did do that sort of thumbnail style at the beginning, they were the first ones to do it compared to me. It, it was definitely me that was supposed to change opposed to them. So that's why I changed the, the thumbnail style I have at the moment. Man, and it looks great. Like, you know, I'm looking at his videos now, if, you know, for anybody listening, and you just go and you look and like, you know, he did one recently of Watson and Revenant and the word this, it's it's got this is amazing in it. And you see that this is behind the shoulder of Revenant, <laughs> but the is amazing is like in front of the characters fully. Like, that takes some time, man. And that looks really, really good. So thank you. You know, kudos there. Now on like that kind of thumbnail right there, if you want to go look at this, this was five days ago, go to this, go to minute updates, YouTube and check it out. Do you crop around the characters and have kind of like a background that you've blurred out? Or do you like, is that like a picture that you've just kind of manipulated in a way? Um, That is a background that I have blurred out. You've, probably can see i use the same background in a couple of other thumbnails because it, yeah. it just it just works uh pretty well that's i found that that sort of color theme makes the um text pop out a bit more so that's what i've used and then when it comes to the character i do crop 
the entire character out. Um, I I do use like certain softwares or websites. A good website is just called Remove Background from Image. That's that's literally just you, you can just search <laughs> oh, that, man. right? You can just search Remove Background from Image, and the website will pop up. You can use that; it works really well. Um, I'd say uh, using that, and then I do a little bit fine tuning because sometimes it doesn't crop out the character perfectly. Uh, occasionally, I'll use an image upscaler if I want some extra quality on the character itself. And then after that, it's just a whole lot of playing around with different layers and seeing what looks best uh, with the text and, and stuff like that. Man, I am so mad right now. I'm a Google pro, bro. When it comes to Google, I search everything, but I have never once thought searching remove background from picture to make a good <laughs> thumbnail. I'm so mad at myself right now. Oh my gosh, I'm learning. I'm learning. So what do you think was the turning point of your channel? You know, like I said earlier, congrats. You know, we talked about this before with the podcast. You've grown over the last month by a couple thousand uh, just since I asked you for the interview so what was the turning point in your channel where you really started to see people start subscribing more? Was there like a video that you put out that you were like, that you can recall and be like, oh man, that was when people started, you know, subscribing more. Was there like when you changed this certain thing about your channel, what exactly was it that caused minute day updates to grow so quickly in a year or what day or whenever um, was it that you figured it out? So for the past month, the video, I mean, the channel has grown quite significantly, probably because of the giveaway I did. So I did a $100 Steam gift card giveaway for a, an entire week. Mm. So during that week, a lot of people, a lot of, I'd say, regular viewers ended up subscribing. And that's, that's really, I mean, that's freaking awesome to me. But at the end of the day, um, it doesn't matter too much. And I think this leads on to a topic that we wanted to talk about anyway. So I'll just go ahead and talk about it now. Yeah. Uh, giveaways are great for growing your channel, but I don't think it's necessary for getting views. So if a video is going to do well, and if you have a good title and a good thumbnail and the content itself is good, I think that video will do well anyways. Um, but when it comes to like the average amount of views that the channel gets, or like just consistent views, subscribers are, are necessary. So it depends mm -hmm. on you. Like for me, I don't really care too much if people subscribe to my channel. The only reason why I did that giveaway was actually because back when I had a sponsorship, I promised people that I would use some of the money from the sponsorship to do a giveaway. So that's the only reason why actually. Um, so yeah, if you wanna do giveaways, that's your thing. That's really cool actually, cause you're giving to the people. But other than that, it's not 100% necessary. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, you, know, you got me thinking a little bit. I did tell my community that I would give back. You know, <laughs> I didn't say how I'd give back, but I said <laughs> I'd give back. <laughs> Maybe a giveaway is exactly how to give back. You know, one of the questions that ain't, isn't on here, but I definitely think it's where some people struggle. I know I struggle with it. How important do you think that hashtags and even the tags that you assign to your video, how important is that? Or do you think it's mainly like the name of the video and the thumbnail that really helps? Or do you think the tags mean much either? Ooh, I don't know. Um, by tags, do you mean like the tags we put in the... Yeah, when you're editing your video, whenever you're okay. dropping it, you know, yeah. So the tags really do play a very minimal role 
when it comes to the, the video performance. I'd say the most important things you wanna pay attention to are the thumbnail and the title, because uh, this is a thing like I don't think a lot of people realize, but when you put a video out on YouTube, it's gonna be competing with some of the biggest YouTubers on there. Like mm -hmm. if, if we look at our recommended page, right? We're gonna have our video and then we're gonna have a video from Mr. Beast and then we're gonna have a video from Thornton Smash. And then, you know, these really big YouTubers are are here with the, the same like, you know, content on, on YouTube and you have to say, okay, is my content appealing enough to make uh, a random person want to invest their time in my video compared to someone like Mr. Beast? And so I'd say, heck, uh, the video itself is 50% and then the title and thumbnail are another 50% when it comes to video performance. Heck yeah, no, makes sense. I'm Glad you told me that because I've been spending a lot of time on tags, unfortunately. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that from you that I need to start working on thumbnails instead of tags. Uh, what now? One more thing uh, with minute updates. Of course you have a discord, you have a Twitter. I don't know. You don't, I don't think you have an Instagram or anything like that. No. Is that other social media presence also what you consider to be very, very important when it comes to, to, to promoting your channel? Um, or is that just kind of like a sidelined item that you do to just get it out there? So you may know that I'm really not active on Twitter. I've done like two things on Twitter. The only thing I use Twitter for really is to talk with people. Um, and Discord, it really is just there for the community. Like I, I've made a couple of friends from the Discord server. So that's really freaking awesome. But that's yeah. basically about it. If you want to promote your channel, you really don't need anything else other than YouTube. If you have like a large Twitter following or, you know, a lot of people on Instagram or, or any other social media platform, that'll definitely help out in the beginning. But I'd say in general, if you're just starting off and you don't really have a large following, YouTube is all you need. Man, you're, there's some stuff I can remove from my my thing now. I, I can I can free up some <laughs> of my schedule because that's a lot of what I do is I just post it to every social media I can find. and I don't have a lot of followers on those. So it's kind of like, why am I posting that? Other than the hashtags sometimes do get you views, but most of the time, the things that the people that like your stuff are just like good looking dudes or chicks that you can tell are, are is a fake, <laughs> a fake. Oh account, yeah. The bots. Yeah. You get the bot. So, you know, now that we've talked about minute updates, let's do a little bit of discussion before we close out on season 12. We don't have to go too deep in it, but you know, you make the content. I need to ask some questions. So the first question are, what are your thoughts on Mad Maggie and her abilities? Like, is there any, like, do you, th what is, what do you, I guess, what do you think kind of think is one of her best abilities? Is there anything that you would change about them? Like for me, it's the scan ability. I don't think that needs to be there for her. I don't, I don't think it's a big thing for her, but like I did notice today when I was playing Mad Maggie, when I shot somebody, the scan ability appeared, but the length of how long the scan lasted really wasn't that that great. But what are your thoughts so far on her as a character? And do you think that she will be in meta as far as high ranked uh, ranked play and ALGS? So I think you're right about the scan ability. It isn't something that I think is necessary for her. She's already pretty powerful with her kit. Um, and for higher play, I'd say she's definitely in the meta, especially for like later games. 
like like the end game of uh you know high ranks or ALGS, there's gonna be a bunch of squads in that last circle, and every single squad is gonna be hiding in every corner possible, in every building, in every piece of cover that's left, and no one is gonna want to engage with one another until they have to. So with Mad Maggie, you can basically deny them of that cover. You have they have no choice; they have nowhere to go. So they're basically gonna have to either tank that damage or they're gonna you know have to push someone else and. Now think about that, but every single squad has a Mad Maggie, or there's like a couple of, of Mad Maggies. And, um, oh, man. <laughs> it, it really does get pretty crazy. So with Seer, the thing about him, when he was first released, his tactical was very overpowered in those late game circles because it mm -hmm. did 10 damage. And the 10 damage isn't significant, but in those late game circles, every squad is going to be targeting one squad in particular if a seer hits them so let's say i i'm a squad and i i i have seer and i i shoot my tactical at one squad and all the other like maybe eight squads around me also see that if they have a seer they're going to shoot at the same squad just so that you know by chance they might be able to knock someone and that gives them uh, them an opportunity to push them and get kp yeah so yeah, definitely with mad maggie it's just that but a hundred and something damage. I don't know. 160, man. It's yeah, 160 damage compared to 10 damage. So to put that in perspective, and that, that's pretty freaking crazy. It, it's a lot of, like, that's one thing I did discuss when I broke her down this last week was how much damage she can actually do is almost, it. the 160, I think, is almost too much. And I don't know, yeah. maybe it's set on, this is, like, how much damage it takes to break a door or this is how much damage it takes to break a rampart shield. Uh, maybe that's why they have it so high, but like, man, I'm, you know, that's the first thing I thought of whenever is what you said, you know, multiple mad Maggies, let's say Gibby stays meta. And like, you know, I remember in ALJS like fights at the dome on world's edge where you would see domes set everywhere. <laughs> but if you have constant mad Maggie tacticals coming in from multiple directions and you're trying to hide in a circle out in the open, because you can't make it inside because other teams are inside. That's, I mean, it's very interesting. And then also with the rank system being now more about placement, her addition to the game makes it a lot harder to get that placement, right? So if you're trying to get those extra 20, 10 to 20 points between fifth or, or first, because usually a lot of times within those final circles, there's five teams left. It's really hard to maintain your spot as far as like, you know, finishing in fifth or fourth or third, because you're constantly being forced to move because of Mad Maggie. So those points, you know, aren't for sure out, out there anymore. You know, usually it would be like, okay, I can hide behind this box. I know I can wrap my way to second place, but now with Mad Maggie in there, you can't wrap yourself to second place because she's going to throw her right drill at you. So oh, yeah, <laughs> very, very cool. Like, and I'm sure like, you know, you might make some content coming up with her. I, I think overall, like she doesn't feel OP to me, like overpowered. Um, I think she like, cause it's, it did take some getting used to. I feel like her riot drill took some getting used to um, the speed at which you can run with a shotgun paired with her ult took some use getting used to. Um, but I, I definitely think like if, if ALGS people pick it up or anybody in higher tier rank, pick up her character, you know, if you're looking at the character comp, you know, if say you get stuck with the Valk and the Gibby 
in order to count in the Gibby, you're going to have to have her on your team and she can kind of be that speed character you need to push fights that would replace like Octane or Wraith. Uh, you know, Wraith is kind of hard to replace, but you know, in those kind of situations, you always have kind of like that speed character. Um, and she definitely brings that to the table. And the fact that she can run normally with her shotgun already out, just, just crazy, man. She yeah. is such a good character. She really is. I'd say in casual play, she's pretty decent. She's pretty balanced in my opinion. Um, She's one of those characters that's like easy to learn how to use, but really hard to like master at, at that really high tier that those pro players play her at. So I'm very interested to see how it, how it plays out in LGS. These, these guys are going to be using the crap out of Mad Maggie and they're going to be uh-huh. doing some insane stuff. Yeah, because if you, man, that's that was another thing I saw was if you get a Gibby showed up and you release that ball, it just bounces off everywhere inside that bubble <laughs> like they you can tell that part of this this adding mad maggie and her abilities was how do we dethrone gibby how do we do it and i mean as long as they're playing the mad maggie you have that but you know speaking of you know people becoming you know relevant characters crypto and his drone changes this season where you can just throw it out it goes it doesn't go the full length for you to be able to be out of his ult if you pop his ult immediately, but it does go quite a bit of distance, a little bit of a distance. Um, and you can do it while you're in fights. You can do it when you're running into, into a fight, when you like want to peek around a corner and another fight's going on. I've, I've done it a lot recently. Like if I'm fighting, if I'm outside of a choke area and there's a team fighting in the choke, I'll just sp- throw my, throw my um, drone in there and kind of see what's going on before we ever move in. And I don't have to worry about sitting in my drone to do it. Right. So it really, really helps. How do you feel about the crypto changes and has this made crypto meta? I mean, we saw, we did see some of the North America teams playing crypto. You know, we saw Imperial house team playing it, a couple other people, but has this really brought crypto into the meta? I do think crypto is now in the meta. Um, One of the biggest reasons as to why he was, uh, kind of weak before it's because he can't catch up with a team like if you mm-hmm. go into the drone you're basically not fighting with your team if you really want to like navigate it around and you know even if you want to do an emp you still have to enter the drone interface but now you can just throw it in the in the direction and it'll it'll go there and you can maybe flank around or or whatever i'm not a crypto main myself so i don't know too much but it definitely changes a whole lot of stuff just because you don't have to spend the time to go into the drone and you can still move that thing. Yeah. And crypto is somebody I dabble in. He's one of my, you know, I say revenants, my main, all that kind of stuff, but crypto for a while was somebody I played because it, I was too aggressive for some of the people I play with. So I moved to crypto and played passively. Um, But now you can be aggressive with crypto since you don't have to worry about your drone anymore. So, you know, it's kind of changing the style of the character. You know, my next question for you, and this isn't on our list, but it's something that I heard the other day. I was hearing, I was list, watching Sweet Dreams. Um, I forget what, he, well, I think he's NRG or something like that. Um, and he said that he believes Respawn is making characters too easy. Like it's taking away from how difficult characters can be. And so, you know, he, I don't know if he was saying he really doesn't agree with what they're, the way they're doing stuff because it's making characters too easy. But do you think that that is occurring, that they're trying to make characters like Crypto easier for people to play so that way it'll attract more people or 
do you think that might not even be what what's going on here um i feel like he's right to a to an extent there's a lot of changes that respawn is making to cater towards like the general player base which which is of course nice because that's what we are but for the higher tier you know like algs players or these super high level ranked players these changes that seem small uh, are very very big for them i'd say something like for example um even something as small as one damage change on a weapon could could affect them quite a bit uh with the crypto change it definitely is there to make it more fun for the general player base to play but it changes a lot with the meta and in, in high level ranked uh even like movement mechanics you know like uh tap strafing if they would have nerfed that in this season instead of keeping it in that would have changed a whole lot with the high level play as well so i do think he's right in the sense that respawn is making some changes to make things easier for the general player base but and at the same time that makes things also easier to maybe too easy for some of them yeah and it and it, it really does cuz you look at it and like adding all these scan characters in the game you know it was like like why are you doing this you're you're screwing everybody but then you know you think of like the casual person they you know they they're excited about that but you think of the higher tier ranked people and you're like oh my oh my goodness that kind of stinks or like the ability to like punch the ground and slide faster i think that's gone now or yeah. while you're going down a hill like those are all things that these pros would get really really good at and now they're gone because they're afraid that the general player base will get mad if they see that in a game right so in a way i i kind of agree with sweet dreams there um as far as me personally since i'm at a gold plat level i'm i'm okay with it <laughs> i'm cool with it so yeah so now uh we talked a little about olympus before we started podcast but you know we saw changes in the terminal area solar array area and the addition of the phaser how do you feel about that you liking it so far have you got to play it a lot um have you dropped those areas and do you enjoy them i have dropped at those areas i feel like the terminal is great it's it makes that area more appealing the phaser is a little bit interesting because it's like this really cool, huge building, right? And then there's no loot in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> like, unless you push the button. Push the yeah, button. unless you push the button. So when I first went there, I went straight for the middle because I was like, oh, this is going to be like Thunderdome or, or you know, some mm -hmm. other place. And it's like, there's going to be this high tier loot in the middle. There's no loot in the middle, middle. So I just got completely screwed by the other two squads. But it is a pretty cool place, I'd say. Um, surprisingly not popular. I guess that mm. area itself isn't very popular. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the changes aren't too significant, I'd say, um, for a general play. I don't know about high level ranked. I, I don't know Olympus that much, but yeah, I'd say it's, I'd say it's okay. Yeah. Good stuff. I mean, they took Alex Grainer, who is someone who or Garner. It's one of those Alex, I'll call him. And, uh, you know, he made a lot of the chokes that you know of now on world's edge. And then he also was the creator of the Mirage Voyage and Octane's Gauntlet. Um, and so they really brought him in, I believe, this time. Personally, I believe, because he was so good at chokes that making Terminal was a very important part of this update. And Terminal, I would say Terminal changed the map uh, a lot more than any other area, even adding Phaser, um, than any other area. Because it took away the jump tower at Solar Ray. It gave you a um, lot of different ways to go between the south part of the map 
and the north part of the map, you no longer have to go all the way up the hill um, overlooking Hammond Labs. You can now come in behind Hammond Labs. Um, you can move from estates a lot easier than taking the higher ground, going towards hydroponics. A lot of different movement there just by adding that one area. And the area itself is rather large, and it's not like the normal choke point that you would have, but it is still a choke point um, just with different multiple areas. So really, really cool what Alex did there, and and hopefully going to be able to get him on to um, the, the show to talk about it soon. So with that, uh, the next question I had was about control. So control, have you played it? Uh, how do you feel about it? And do you think that there is a possibility of it becoming permanent? I think control is very, very awesome. Um, personally, it's like my warm up mode. So if I go into Apex, I'm like, oh, okay, I want to play some Apex today, maybe one or two hours. Control is definitely the first mode that I'm going to play just because there's so much action and it's it's just nonstop fighting. Yeah. It's really it really is pretty freaking fun, especially if you have a squad with you. Um, but yeah, perfect warm up mode. You know, you know, get you into the game, get you feeling pumped, and then you go into a normal match after that. And hey, everything's buttery smooth. But um, <laughs> should it be permanent? Yes, I I do think it should be yeah. permanent, and I do believe it's going to be permanent. Uh, they've done this in the past with a couple of tests, like the Evo shields we have right now. They tested it out in an LTM and Duos was an LTM. Mm -hmm. So I do think this is something that they're testing out once again. They yep. put a lot of effort into making this mode really, really good. So I'd be surprised if this isn't a permanent feature in the future. Should it, if, if you had to choose arenas or control, which one would you choose? I think I would have to go with control. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we can't really get into arenas or we'd be here forever. Um, uh, arenas was the warm-up, right? But it was a long warm-up. Control is not that long warm-up. It literally takes you one control game because it's a pretty decent length, but yeah. you get to use a bunch of different guns and really warm up with whatever characters you want. Um, so I, I really agree with you there. So the last question I have about your Season 12 thoughts because we know this is something coming up, uh, or we at least are 99% sure that they are replacing heirloom credits with a prestige skin, um, the uh, Bloodhound prestige skin, since you're kind of a Bloodhound person right now. How do you feel about $160? I know there's cheaper ways, but how do you feel about $160 for a skin versus an heirloom? Or do you think that they should just do the heirlooms and not really do anything like this with a skin. How do you feel about all that? I was actually planning to get the Bloodhound heirloom from the anniversary event, but sadly they changed it to the skin and I I really don't feel like it's worth the same price as an heirloom. Um, mm -hmm. Especially since it, it now costs an heirloom shard to buy the skin if you're like purchasing it after the event has ended. I feel like they should have just included heirloom shards again in the event and if people wanted to get this skin, they could go ahead and buy it from the heirloom store instead of forcing people to, you know, not be able to get heirloom shards from this event. And this is the only uh, thing that they can get. And um, uh, what really frustrates me the most is that this skin isn't reactive like the reactive skins we have right now. Yeah. It's like with a flatline or, or, you know, with a hemlock we we're getting this season, as you get a kill, the gun changes. But with this skin... 
it's just doing damage. Uh, and then after that, once you're in the lobby, you change it to a separate tier. So it's basically mm-hmm. three legendary skins and the finisher, which in my opinion is not worth the same as uh, heirloom. No, oh, man. Yeah. And it's hard to even already swallow the $160 for an heirloom. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, the whole predator aspect of the bloodhound skin is pretty cool. How it comes out of his shoulder and shoots something, you know, yeah, it may be what they should have done is instead of going for prestige skins or something like that, they may be, you know, paired with another, you know, we brought in star Wars skins or we bring in this kind of skin. And that way it makes more sense to maybe spin skin because a lot of people, like if they are into something, they're willing to spend the money to kind of get a collectible of that. I don't know. I don't really know what the answer is. I do feel that they made the wrong decisions about heirlooms. I feel like heirlooms has been in the game for so long now and we all want them. It's something that someone like me who play, who's mained rev for eight to 10 seasons now or however long, uh, you know, I don't have his, I'm uh, this year. I was willing to pay the $160, but they took it away from us. And like you said, bloodhound, you're probably willing to play, pay the money. It's gone now, and, and it's out of nowhere. Like, nobody asked for this at all. We just yeah. we just got it. And that's a lot of what Respawn has done. And, and <laughs> they're like, no, it's like, okay, well, we're just going to throw, we're going to do this this time, different from however we've always done it, because they're wanting us to do different stuff. Well, I, Respawn, we do want you to do some different stuff, but we don't want you to change certain things and the ability to get an heirloom whenever you have one after 12 seasons is not what we asked you to do. Not. <laughs> so I definitely agree with you on that, man. So, you know, thinking about this episode, we have done icebreakers. We have learned what minute does on his t- spare time. We have learned some of his favorite characters. We have learned the why, the how, and even all about the minute updates at, uh, channel itself. And then finally we've closed on season 12 thoughts. Is there anything that you would like to say? I don't know if you ever saw that Hot Wings channel on YouTube. Is there anything that you would like to say before we close out the show here, Minute Man? It has been amazing to have you on. You are such a cool guy. I'm extremely excited to get this episode out for everybody. But is there anything you'd like to plug? Is there anything you'd like to say? Is there any kind of news that you'd like to reveal that can maybe um, tell people about what you're doing next? Uh, Let us know here right now. Okay. Um, I definitely say, please, guys, follow this channel. All right, <laughs> more yes, podcasts sir. coming up in the future, D- dude. Some of these people that are planned to come on this channel are freaking awesome. So, if you're interested in Apex, this is definitely something you want to keep an eye out. I'm sure you will be excited for it. And then, as for season twelve, just have fun. Like this skin, yeah, it sucks, but you know, we're gonna have fun. <laughs> There's so much content planned. Uh, new LTMs are most likely going to be coming this season, like things that we haven't seen before. So yeah, this really is going to be one of the best seasons that Apex has gotten so far. Absolutely. And of course, with the plug there, you will be able to find out everything that happens in season 12 by visiting YouTube. And in that search bar, typing in minute updates, it will be there (laughs) and it will be ready for you to subscribe to make sure you click that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that notification button and make sure you watch all those videos and give them a thumbs up. Ain't that right? Ain't that right minute? 
That's right. <laughs> there you go. I'm I'm there, bro. Just put you need to start putting a clip of me at the end where I say all that stuff and we'll be good there. So with that, everybody, I'd like to thank you for listening to this podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening to the interview. Uh make sure that you do give a minute a warm welcome to the broadcast family just by simply going to his YouTube and hitting that subscribe button, following along there. Make sure you check out his Discord, um, check out the Ultimate Brother and follow him on Twitter. Um, and then, of course, if you'd like to, make sure you visit our link tree at linktree forward slash br underscore broadcast, where you can find all of our links. That includes Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, uh, whatever. I think we have a TikTok. Yeah, we have a TikTok. I, I created it. <laughs> uh, you know, hit like, hit subscribe, whatever you need to do on those. Um, with that, uh, Minute, do you have any social media that you do, you have there? I think you have Twitter and YouTube. What are you What are you named on those? It's 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 just minute updates on Twitter. It's just and, minute updates. Yeah, it's just and <laughs> it's if you if you follow me on Twitter, like you can if you want, but I really am not gonna be posting stuff on on Twitter. I try to, yeah. I know this sounds like, you know, kind of strange coming from someone that does this kind of like YouTube stuff, but I really do try to limit the amount of time I spend on social media. So. Probably not going to be putting stuff on on Twitter. Probably not going to be using Instagram. But hey, you know that's just the kind of person I am, I guess. Yeah. So definitely just go check out his YouTube, and the link to his YouTube will definitely be in the description of the podcast. <laughs> and remember, always share your show with your friends. You know, make sure you share our show on your Discord. Share your show um, by you know DM them to your best friend that plays Apex. Let them know what's going on here at broadcast, and then make sure. You go to your favorite podcast platform of choice. Leave us a review. The best one, of course, is Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Let us know how we've done with your comment, and it will be read here on the show. Um, and with that, I guess we will see you next time here on broadcast on Monday night. Thank you again, Minute, for joining. And with that, adios, amigos. Adios. Adios.